the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Unrealized dreams bring anxiety to our soul and and cause us to seek out and to search for answers. And, And that's what Pharaoh does. He calls out to the wisest people in the land. And sometimes God wants to remind us that he can confound even the wise. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus Christ like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhillchurch.com. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. When am I going to go back to school? When am I going to get a haircut? Everybody can relate to waiting. Even a child waits for Christmas morning or they wait for their birthday. As you get a little older, you're waiting for graduation or you're waiting for marriage or that first child. And then life begins to throw you curveballs and and the waiting may come in the midst of difficult moments. I can remember one of those in my life it was when Kimberly was facing camp cancer and, and I was in the waiting room over at Moffitt Hospital. And, and there was my dad, my brother, and some dear friends. And I was just waiting. And, and I began to think about the dreams that Kimberly and I have together, the, the plans for our family and, and our future. And, you know, waiting is very difficult when it may affect your dreams. And that's why we've been asking this question, what will become of your dreams? That's the question that was asked of Joseph. That's the question I'm asking of you. What will become of your dreams? When's the last time you thought about that? Maybe you need to ask this question. If you could do anything for the glory of God and you knew that you would not fail, what would you do? What, what are your dreams? What is it that you want to accomplish for the good of others, for the glory of God? And, and yes, it, it may benefit you as well. What, what are your dreams? That's why in the midst of this unusual time in our society, in our world, I've encouraged you to look at the life of Joseph and to dream on. God created you on purpose, for a purpose. Do not Do not give up on your dreams. Defy the odds. Discover your destiny. That's what Joseph did. And we've learned some lessons as we've looked at his life. For example, as we began to look at the life of Joseph, we saw that sometimes God has to develop us for our destiny. Sometimes he has to prepare us for what he has prepared for us. He's training us. We're in school. It's an education process. There are trials or testing times, and those are not always easy. And then we learn that sometimes we may be the one that keeps our dreams from coming into reality. In fact, here was the principle, your dream's greatest danger is usually you. If you give up or if you give in to the wrong things, you can forfeit your dreams. And maybe today, 
that's what's happened to you. You feel like it's too late for you. Uh, I want to encourage you. It's not too late. The reality is, though you may feel like your life is off the rails, your dreams can stay on track. That's the truth. And that's the reality that we're going to get into today. But before we do that, I want to just stop and pray with you and ask God to use this time to draw us into his presence in a great way, wherever you are, so that he may communicate his visions for our future. Let's do that together. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we have gathered once more to pray. Thank you for this time in your word today. We pray the prayer of the Puritans continue to teach us what we do not know, giving us what we do not have. Make us what we've not yet become so that our lives may, may be lived for your glory, Lord. God, I pray that you would begin to implant the dreams in the hearts of boys and girls and moms and dads and even grandparents, retirees, so that, Lord, our lives may make a difference for the good of those in our little corner of the world and and for the glory of you, the one true God. So, Lord, as we read the scriptures today, we recognize that this is not just a fiction story. This is your truth. And so let us learn from the words that your spirit has inspired. May the words in my mouth, Lord, and even the meditation in my heart, may they please you so that what comes forth from this time is life change. We don't need a motivational talk. We need something that changes us for eternity. And to that end, Lord, I pray that in just a few moments when we come to the end of this time together, that someone will cry out to you for their eternal salvation that forever will be impacted because we spent this time together. Save someone today, Lord, as they recognize that you have dreams for them. And Lord, I thank you for this, even as I pray again in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, I want you to take your copy of Scripture and let's turn in the Bible to Genesis 41. We're going to read a lot of Scripture today, talk about it along the way, and then learn a few life-changing principles at the very end. But look at verse 1 as our story of Joseph continues. After two whole years. After two whole years. Now, understand what had just taken place. Joseph had just interpreted the dreams of a baker and a cupbearer, and now he comes to the place uh, where he's waiting. Why is he waiting? Because upon interpreting those dreams, he, he told an individual, hey, when you get out, remember me to the Pharaoh. And that didn't happen. And so he waited. And he waited. And he waited. We can say God is preparing him, and if we do that, we have to understand that preparation can be painful. But when it comes to defying the odds and and discovering our destiny, what we have to understand is there's no get-rich-quick scheme. There's no fast pass. Often it's hurry up and wait. But there's an alternative Martin Lloyd-Jones reminds us of this. He said, it's a tragic thing when a person succeeds before he's ready. So we wait. And it's hard. Sometimes very hard. And so A.W. Tozer reminds us it's doubtful whether God can bless a man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. And so we wait. We wait. 
and it's hard. I think God was perhaps showing Joseph that he was enough, that he could elevate him, that he could exalt him, that he could open the doors necessary for him. But in that moment, we don't know if Joseph understood or not. We have all of scripture, so we can read Ecclesiastes 3.11 that says, he has made everything beautiful in its time, but we wait, and it's hard. Even like David, we cry out, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. Lift up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemy says I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. So we wait, and it's hard. Why the wait? In this case, we don't have a glamorous answer. We don't know why God gave Joseph two more years. But we do know this, that sometimes God takes us to a place where we are forced to know it's just not about us. And so Peter would tell us in 1 Peter 5, 6, that when we humble ourselves, therefore under the mighty hand of God, at the proper time, he exalts us. So maybe today you need this word of advice from someone I recently heard. They said, instead of asking God to improve your circumstances, ask him to use your circumstances to improve you. Remember, Joseph is a, a living example of, of Romans eight twenty eight, where we know that God works all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Are, are you living through that filter of Romans eight twenty eight? I believe that when you begin to see everything through the filter of Romans 8, 28, you're able to see God's hand at work in places and ways you would not have even imagined. God's at work around you today, even in the waiting room. So we wait, and it's hard. The story continues. After two whole years, it says, Pharaoh dreamed a dream that he was standing by the Nile. Now just think about this. God may be planting dreams in the hearts and the minds of others that are meant to help bring your dreams to fruition. <laughs> That's why it's important that we always are reaching out and kind to others, that we're noticing the people that God has placed around us. He may be putting something in the heart and the mind of someone else that's help, gonna help bring your dream into reality. He's about to use a pagan leader to bring about his perfect purpose. Just think about that for a second. Look at verse two. And behold, there came up out of the Nile seven cows, attractive and plump, and they fed in the reed grass. And behold, seven other cows, ugly and thin, came up out of the Nile after them, and they stood by the other cows on the bank of the Nile. And the ugly, thin cows ate up the seven attractive, plump cows. And Pharaoh awoke. I imagine he woke up with a cold sweat thinking, what in the world did I have too much pizza? I mean, good grief, what a crazy dream. But it doesn't stop there. He fell asleep and he dreamed a second time and behold, seven ears of grain, plump and good, were growing on a stalk. And behold, after them sprouted seven ears, thin and blighted by the east wind. And the thin ears swallowed up the seven plump, full ears and Pharaoh awoke. And behold, it was a dream. 
and you thought you had some far-fetched dreams. God wants you to write a book, or he wants you to start a business, or he's given you a, a ministry idea or a mission opportunity, and it seems crazy. It seems way out there. It seems like you could never do it. Dream on, because God has a way of using what seems a little crazy to bring about great things for his glory. Let's continue the story. Verse 8. So in the morning, his spirit was troubled, and he sent and he called for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. And Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was none who could interpret them to Pharaoh. Hey, don't miss this. Unrealized dreams discourage and depress even the most powerful of people. In the morning, his spirit was troubled. Unrealized dreams bring anxiety to our soul and and cause us to seek out and to search for answers. And, And that's what Pharaoh does. He calls out to the wisest people in the land. And sometimes God wants to remind us that he can confound even the wise. If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Video of the message you're listening to is available when you click the Watch tab at MissionHillChurch.com. Thanks for sharing time with us and for sharing your financial gifts by clicking the Give button at MissionHillChurch.com. And now, with more of today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. When God wants to do something for His glory, He's very at ease working beyond human wisdom. He he wants to get you to the point where you recognize that he is enough. All of the resources of this world pale in comparison to him. When he wants to bring your dreams into reality for his glory, he will gladly confound and confuse everyone around you. And when all the human resources fail, we're right where God wants us to be. Totally dependent upon him and his resources. I want you to think about this. When you get to a place that your problems are so difficult and so different that no one or nothing else can help, perhaps you should ask if God caused or allowed this to happen for your good and his glory. And right now, we as a world are in a setting like this. Everything seems out of kilter, off balance. And we wonder, what's the answer? Who can help? Sometimes we come to a place where we say, only God. And we want to position ourselves and make sure that we're at a place where we can do whatever it takes, wherever we are, for the good of others and and the glory of God. Let's continue in the story. Verse 9. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, I I remember my offenses today. And when Pharaoh was angry with his servants, and he put me in the chief baker in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, we dreamed on the same night. He and and I, each having a dream with his own interpretation, and a young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. And when we told him, he interpreted our dreams to us, giving an interpretation to each man according to his dreams. And as he interpreted to us, so it came about. I was restored to my office, and the baker was hanged. And so the cupbearer is remembering his deal with Joseph. Hey, I want to remind you of a couple of things before I keep reading. One, we trust God with our vindication. He's keeping score. 
I always think about that whenever I hear somebody say, I'm keeping score. I'll never forget that. Well, sometimes you need to stop keeping score. Sometimes you need to forget that because he's in charge of the vindication department. Last week, we learned that to our knowledge, Joseph was never vindicated from his accusations from Potiphar's wife. But God was still at work. Trust God with your vindication. He's got things under control. Uh, The second thing is just to remember that God's willing to use other people to help bring about your dreams. So the story continues in verse 14. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they quickly brought him out of the pit. (laughs) And that's what I want for you. I want you to get out of that pit. Your dreams are not going to be accomplished in the pit. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes... He came in before Pharaoh. Think of Joseph's journey from the pit to Potiphar's house, to prison, to the palace of Pharaoh. A journey of mountains and valleys of ups and downs, just like your life, just like my life. A journey of God's sovereignty, a journey of God's providence. So here he is. He, he's getting out of prison. And what is the first thing he does? He, he shaves and he, he puts on some fresh clothes. I don't want to hang out here too long, but let me just tell you something. When God's bringing about your dreams, when, when he's bringing you to a place to accomplish what he has prepared for you, you need to make sure you do the best with what he's given you. That's a spiritual leadership principle. Determined to do the best you can with what you've been given. When you do that, you won't regret it. And that will enable you to be prepared to do what you do for the good of not only yourself, the good of others, and for the glory of God. So God's working in the midst of this season. He's at work. It's it's the third time in, in 13 years that Joseph has given up his coat, but this time he's changing those prison garments for a royal robe because God's been working while he was waiting I love for the second time to just draw your attention to this passage in Proverbs 21. The king's heart is is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. God will use even a pagan pharaoh to bring about his perfect purpose. And God can use the leader that you didn't elect or the one you don't like to, to do what he wants to do when he's at work, when he's turning. And so God was turning in the pharaoh's heart. And when it seems like God's silent, he's working. Look at verse 15. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have a dream and and there's no one who can interpret the dream. I've heard it said that you, when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. So whether it's, whether it's Pharaoh or, or whether it's Joseph, it's true. When we've done everything we can do, we're ready for God to do what only he can do. Here's the most powerful man in Egypt, the most powerful man perhaps in the known world. He's reached out and used all the resources he can and yet he has no answers and he turns to God's man that God had waiting. Maybe today God's getting you to a place where he says, all right, you've done everything you can do. Now it's my turn. Let's do it my way. Why don't you trust me? Verse 16, Joseph answered Pharaoh and said, "It's, it's not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. I can't miss this. Once again, when given the opportunity, 
Joseph pointed right back to God. Jail had not jaded him. The disappointments had not caused disbelief in his life. He had, he, in fact, it has deepened his faith. His faith. Prison did not panic him. It pointed him to God. Joseph refused to promote himself. Isn't that refreshing? In the day of social media, when it's all about us, the man of God refused to promote himself. He pointed to God. No matter what Joseph faced, he always focused on God more than he focused on self. And the pit, Potiphar's house, in prison, and now before the Pharaoh. Hey, I want to encourage you. Would you decide today to view your dreams through the filter of the divine? Notice how he points to God. Verse 17, Pharaoh said to Joseph, behold in my dream. And and then he proceeds to tell Joseph these two crazy dreams, the dreams about the cow, the, the dreams about the grain. And then we have in verse 25, Joseph's response. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he's about to do. The seven cows are seven years and, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dreams are one. The seven lean and ugly cows that came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty ears blighted by the east wind are also seven years of famine. It is as I told Pharaoh. God has shown to Pharaoh what he's about to do. There will come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. But after them, there will arise seven years of famine. And all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land and the plenty will be unknown in the land by reason of the famine that will follow for it will be very severe. And the doubling of Pharaoh's dream means that the thing is fixed by God and God will shortly bring it about. So Pharaoh responds, verse 33. Now therefore, Let Pharaoh select a discerning man, wise, set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land. Take one-fifth of the produce of the land during these seven plentiful years. Let them gather all the food, these good years that are coming up, and store the grain under the authority for Pharaoh for the food in the cities, and let them keep it. That food should be a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine that are to occur in the land of Egypt, so that the land may not perish throughout and through the famine." Isn't it interesting? Joseph steps up doing his part and he interprets his dream and then he's ready. He's ready for what God's prepared for him. There's a lot I want you to get out of this, but in a very practical way, I want to just illustrate that what Joseph said to Pharaoh was a great illustration of something you and I need if we're going to pursue our dreams. If we're going to achieve our goals, we need smart goals. Goals that are S-M-A-R-T. Let me walk you through that. First of all, smart goals are specific. So Joseph told the Pharaoh exactly what he needed to do. Smart goals are measurable. So Joseph said to Pharaoh, here's a time period. Here's an amount of what you need to reserve. Preparing. Smart goals are action-oriented. That means that it's going to take some input and some effort from you and probably from others. Smart goals are realistic. They're not just pie in the sky. They're not something that could never be accomplished. They're within reality. And then smart goals include a definite time frame. You've got a time period that you're going after these goals. Joseph had smart goals. So what was this response of Pharaoh? Pharaoh. Notice what it says in verse 37. 
this proposal pleased Pharaoh and all of his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find a man like this in whom the, is the spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has shown you all this, there's no, none so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house and over all my people and order them as you command. Only as regards to the throne will I be greater than you. Does that sound familiar? This is the second time in Joseph's life. The first time is with Potiphar. Potiphar said, only what I eat <laughs> is what you don't have to worry about. Everything else is under your command. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis, an outreach of Mission Hill Church. If you're looking for answers to difficult questions or searching for a church home, you're invited to any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. Details and directions at missionhillchurch.com. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhillchurch.com and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhillchurch.com. Weekdays at 9 a.m. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk, a.m. 570 and 910.